Yes, says, indeed. There we are. We are there live. We are. we are live on yes. Facebook. Indeed. <laughs> we have got the triple threat here, the triple FTA threat live on Facebook. <laughs> Spread all over the country, across the United States of America, three time zones. Checking in from the Pacific time zone, Aaron Schlein here for Family Travel Radio. I'm going to toss it to Golden, Colorado. Who we got out there? We got Aaron Kirkland in Golden, Colorado from AKOnTheGo.com, which is Alaska, but right now I'm in Colorado. CO on the go for now. That's right. That's right. Tossing it to the Eastern time zone, Mr. Richard (laughs) D'Ambrosio. What's happening, my man? Good evening from the Hudson Valley. Hudson Valley, New York. So we are checking and This is day four for Aaron. I have been in the same place for the last four days. Right. You two have not. So yes. this is Aaron's unexpected, unplanned, but very necessary family road trip that began four days ago in Tucson, Arizona has concluded, thankfully, in Golden, Colorado. I had to think That's there for right. a second. Yeah, Where in the that. world is Aaron Kirkland? <laughs> Where in the world is Aaron Kirkland? Well, we really weren't sure tonight if we were going to be in Golden, Colorado, Aaron, because, uh, you know, there was some wild weather we were following out of Santa Fe, New Mexico this morning. So we hit some 65 mile an hour winds. And uh, yeah, you can see from the uh, photos that I sent, there was some crazy stuff going on. So once we got past the uh, prairie winds, then we hit the prairie blizzard and got hung up on the highway uh, just uh, far north Colorado heading into Denver. And eventually, eight hours later, we are here in Golden. It is snowing like crazy, and it's expected to do that for the next 24 hours, but we are just darn glad to be here. Yeah, so that photo you see of all the trucks, everyone is just sitting there. There's crashes all over the place, 33 degrees in snow. This is not normal Alaska weather, so uh, it was a little challenging driving in this with a rental car, no less, and two teenage boys. Yes, indeed. So folks who are just happened to stumble on this fourth episode, this is the fourth in a series of four for now, although Aaron and I, are, our gears are already starting to turn on what, right. what do we do after this, but Aaron's road trip has included her son, Owen, and Owen's friend, Preston. Preston. Right. right. Who, uh, who just by fortune, not neither good nor bad fortune, just fortune, was with yeah. the Kirkland family and was tagging along on this road trip. His folks are back in, Ari- or not Arizona, Alaska. Alaska yep. That's the one. And checking in with them routinely. So you've made it to Golden. You've reunited with your other half, better half. Yep. How's yep. he doing? Yep. James was very happy and very well prepared. His larders are stocked for uh, our teenage boy uh, infestation. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Never heard it called an infestation before. Oh, let me tell you. After feeding teenage boys fast food for the last four days. Oh, that's what it is. So we are here. We're going to be here for about four days. We fly out uh, Tuesday morning back to Alaska. Uh, The main reason why we decided to get going uh, as fast as we could uh, is that flight loads are, are decreasing. There's a lot fewer passengers, but also the governor of Alaska has set out a 14-day quarantine mandate for anyone coming from the lower 48. So uh, I'd like to get Preston home, at least in the same state, at least in the same city as his parents. So we thought we'd uh, get back as soon as we can. So when, we talk Aaron, to us, when you ahead, get Mitch. there, you're, you're going to be locked down for 14 days. So the, it, it, that's a good, good point, Richard. So uh, the state of Alaska has level three and level two 
um, mandate. So level three is anyone coming from Europe or Asia or any of the really hot spots overseas. And then there's level two. So Alaskans call it, call anywhere outside of Alaska outside or the lower 48. So if you are coming from there, because uh, we know it was spring break, so they're asking all Alaskans who are coming from the lower 48 to just stay put for 14 days. And uh, so we're preparing for that. So with uh, this poor extra kiddo of ours, we want him to be at least in the same city as his parents. So we're trying to head back uh, as soon as we can. But we do want to do a little bit of, of outside stuff here in Golding because it's a really nice mountain town. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been sharing some of those socially responsible activities, although it sounds it seems like based on how unpopulated most of these areas are that it's been fairly easy to be socially responsible and keep that distance because there's not very many people to keep your distance from. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Aaron. And the interesting thing about the Mountain West and the Southwest is that there are some very, very wide open spaces out here. And that's actually been a really nice experience for the guys to be able to see that, um, yes, Alaska, we are void of a lot of people, but so are a lot of other sections of uh, the United States. So, I mean, I, I can't think of really a better way to do this than to just road trip with the three of us in one car. And we, we have been very responsible when we stop at rest stops, when we stop at uh, restaurants that are only, you know, takeout. So we just go in, grab and go and, and sanitize and, and we're all good. Well, and Rich, you've had an, an infestation of your own by bringing <laughs> right <laughs> another teenage boy back into your home. Before we get to that, though, I want to share one last photo that, that Aaron shared with me today. And if you could comment on what we're seeing here. Yeah. So it's funny. My husband uh, is temporarily working in Golden, Colorado with a a federal agency. And so he's here for the next 15 months. So he's kind of moved some of his stuff in. And one of those things, thankfully, that he brought with him was a pack of Legos, uh, like the, you know, 12 to 16 version Legos. And thank God, because the boys just jumped right into that this afternoon, <laughs> something to do. And uh, it's been a really, really nice diversion for them. And this is your son here on the right side of the photo? Yeah, right side. Yep. And that's Preston. On Owen left. and Preston, just to, yep. for some context for folks who've been hearing about Owen and Preston for the last yep. four days, there they are enjoying their Legos. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Mr. D. Ambrosio, I'm going to turn this conversation, uh, but turn the focus on you here for a moment. You had a a necessary road trip of your own from your home there in the Hudson Valley to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm just going to let you take it from here. What was that trip all about? And tell us how that, how your butt's doing after 24 hours in the car. So my middle child, my 20 year old goes to school at Coastal Carolina University, which is Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina. It's about um, 850 miles uh, from New York. I'm in the Hudson Valley, about an hour north of New York City. And um, we knew that there was going to be some kind of evacuation. Uh, about two weeks ago, um, they were told to extend their spring break by a week. And, uh, you know, with Chris down in South Carolina, we were just texting each other saying, this is not it. There's going to be more to come. And, and being in the travel industry and monitoring, CDC and you know all of different updates that were coming out in the travel industry and I'm letting Chris know this is getting serious pretty quickly and and if you look at Italy you can see eventually we're going to be sort of shelter at home you're not staying there um, so they they did move to online courses uh, the Monday that Harvard announced that they were emptying the campus 
And um, <clears throat> since he wasn't scheduled to go back to class online until Monday coming up, um, I said to him, does it make sense? They're going to have you eating out of a cafeteria, but not going to class. You know, that, that's real social distancing. So sure enough, Sunday night of this week, uh, we get the email, come and get your kids. Um, everybody's got to be off the campus. They didn't actually give us a date and time on Sunday. And Monday, I couldn't go because I had business obligations. So Tuesday morning around 530, uh, out on Route 81, down through Pennsylvania, um, through West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, you know, down, I go the corridor down that way because it's just so much prettier and I just don't want to deal with 95 and all the big cities. And um, it was an interesting journey. Um, you know, Pennsylvania, all the visitor centers are closed. So if you are a family out there driving in Pennsylvania on any of the state highways, you will not be able to go to the bathroom. You will not be able to go to a vending machine. The entrances wow. to the visitor centers are blocked off. If I remember correctly, Maryland was the same. Um, West Virginia's Welcome Center was open. Go figure. <laughs> and that wow. was the interesting thing is that everybody was doing things at a different time schedule. Yep. It's like all the states are kind of off on their own right now in, in the midst of this coronavirus. And in, uh, in New York, um, I think Monday uh, was the official day in the state of New York that no restaurants could have seating in the restaurants. You could only do take and go. Um, when we got, when I got to South Carolina Tuesday night, um, all the chain restaurants were wide open and, and they were packed. Um, so they were a couple of days behind us in mm. closing them down. Um, I guess that was St. Patrick's day, right? Tuesday night. So I think that was also part yeah. of the reason why people were out having a good time and drinking. Um, but that was kind of interesting. It was seeing the, the disparity between the States from state to state to state. Um, a Dunkin' Donuts that I typically stop at on Route 81 in Maryland, um, the doors were locked and you could only use the drive-thru. You know, my, my Dunkin' Donuts here in uh, New Windsor, New York, you walk right in the door. Uh, they don't have a drive-thru. That's part of the reason why. But there's, there's a lot of strange contradictions going on right now yeah. if you are in a car. So we got home last night around 9 o'clock. Um, traffic was normal. Um, there were some places where it was quiet, but I was telling Aaron before we came out live was on route 81, we started getting passed. We were doing the speed limit, maybe a little bit above, and we were getting blown by on the left-hand side by people with Ontario and Quebec plates. They were making the mad dash for the border. And I've heard various reasons why that may be. I heard, um, travel insurance companies said that you will not be covered for COVID. So if you don't get back to Canada to access your Canadian healthcare, so, oh. but everything, Aaron, just like you, I saw people with um, Winnebago's. I saw people with, you know, um, pickup trucks with a camper behind them, yep. caravans of Ontario plates all behind each other, elderly people, a lot of elderly people yep. blowing away this 55 year old guy. They were, they were <laughs> faster than me. And that was kind of interesting was, you know, there were our Canadian colleagues and they felt like they had to get out of the country real quick. Yeah. It was just strange. Just strange. Rich, Aaron and I had talked a couple different times about how she was not only having to track the conditions on the ground, local ordinances where she was, but also keeping track of what things were like where she was going. You were moving yes. along at a 
much quicker clip and doing le- less frequent stopping than Aaron was. But how are you keeping track of what was going on ahead of you down the road? It was impossible. And I think that's one of the things for um, any parent who for some reason finds themselves in a situation like Aaron and I, it's really not that easy to collect, especially if you're going across several states, long distances. So the funny story is uh, Monday night I was working <clears throat> and one of my sons was going to a meeting, closing his place of business. The, it's a, it's a cinema uh, multiplex. And uh, he texted me on my phone, dad, you can't get Chris. And I texted him back and I said, what are you talking about? He said, <laughs> he said, my boss who lives in Tennessee, who's supposed to go home has been told that he's not going to be able to get out of the state of New York. And there's other States that are blocking the borders. And I'm like, what is hey. he talking about? So I had to top off my, my tank that night. So I go to a gas station locally and, and by all luck, there's a New York state trooper uh, gassing up across from me, not in his uniform, but in um, some sort of, you know, uh, fleece jacket with the, the emblem on his chest. And I said, state police? He goes, yeah. I said, uh, I said, my son just texted me and said that we're starting to close off borders. And he started laughing. He said, what are you, what are you doing? I said, I have to go down to South Carolina to fetch my son from college. He goes, go get your son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's rumors and, and there's yeah. no specific website that says this is the road trip experience, which, you know, and, and given social um, distancing and what we need to do to flatten the curve, you know, I guess only under extreme conditions like Aaron and I, should you even consider doing what we had to do? But even if you do, good luck planning it. Good luck finding yeah. you know, places that'll be open to service you and, and, our gas station is going to start closing up because they don't have enough business if the traffic drops. There's so many variables going on right now that it, it really just doesn't make sense unless you absolutely have to you know, get out in your automobile on a distance trip like that. Let's turn to the future here a little bit. And I want to get both of your opinions on this because you're both seasoned veterans in the travel industry and different, different aspects of the travel industry. But Aaron, let's start with you. We're going to ride this out. We're going to do what we're asked to do to flatten the curve, but this too will pass. Yes. And then we have our travel industry. Just the, the concept of, of domestic and world travel is for all intents and purposes in shambles at the moment. What would you like to see happen? What do you think is the remedy to get travel back on its feet once the, once the black cloud of coronavirus lifts, whenever that happens? Great question, Aaron. Here's what I'd like to see everybody do in the community that they are in. Promote activities, destinations, attractions, where you are, because that really is how we're going to start this back up again. Uh, And I see this in Alaska, uh, particularly in Anchorage, our largest city. I mean, we've seen companies having to stop all bookings. Hotels are, are not receiving any more visitors. So we need to start where we are and where you live. So I'm encouraging Alaskans, get out and enjoy the attractions and destinations and activities where you are. Promote what you've got locally, and then that will spread out a little bit farther and a little bit farther and a little bit farther. I think that's the easiest way and the most tangible way that we can kind of um, see that right now because it's really, really hard to envision when this is going to be over, right? Yeah. So let's, let's look within a little bit, our own community, how can we support what they're doing? And, and at AK on the go, we're already talking with um, 
smaller tour companies and, and uh, accommodations. How can we help you promote what you've got, at least here uh, at home? How can we help promote what you've got? What, what's your line again? Yep. Work with what you what you got, who you're with, and where you are. Exactly. Say, say it because yep. yep. I, I butchered yep. it. Say work, it again. work with, with who you are, what you've got, where you are. There it yep. is. Perfect. Now, Rich, you bring in a different perspective, uh, but again, years and years and decades of experience just serving the travel industry. What's your, what's the Richard D. Ambrosio prescription to get the breathe life back into the travel industry post coronavirus? Well, I mean, um, I am working with some small tour operators and travel advisors um, who are my clients. And what we're telling them is, look, um, there are some patterns to this. You know, there, there are, there's mathematics behind all of this that's based on human emotions, um, what the media is covering, and whatever that event is. Um, so I know there's a lot of moms and dads and adults who might be watching this video at some point, and, and maybe this doesn't pertain directly to you. But for those of us in the industry, um, there will be a period where, like China and South Korea experienced, where the growth in, and, and as sad as this is to say, the, the growth in new cases and fatalities is going to start to top off. That's the flattening of the curve. And, and when we start to get to that point, what I know about the media and journalists is that um, when things start stabilizing, going down, you're gonna, the media narrative is gonna change, the frequency of coverage is gonna change, perhaps um, some states um, start loosening up restrictions the way that China and South Korea are starting to loosen up restrictions. And as that starts to happen, um, you should be, if you're in the industry, you should be planning for that uptick. And so if you're not doing that kind of advanced planning now, you're not doing a good service to your business. For moms, dads, everybody else, you know, obviously the most important thing is keeping our families safe. So uh, I love how Aaron's talking about, you know, just take advantage of the great outdoors. I live in the Hudson Valley. I can go hiking on three different forest preserves with peaks above 1200 feet. That is nothing like what Aaron has. <laughs> But but we have we have much smaller mountains here in the Hudson Valley. And you know, it's not that difficult to get away with social distancing and experience your local environment. We have parks along the Hudson River, you know, and uh, I will actually be hiking on Sunday if the weather's nice. So I'll be going live here on the FTA page to talk about my home where I live. And if you're ever in the New York area and you're looking to get outside of New York City and all of the typical uh, attractions, I warmly welcome you to Bear Mountain State Park, Harriman State Park, Breakneck Ridge, and Beacon Mountain over on the east side of the Hudson River, um, Scunamunk Mountain to the west of me, which is um, an incredible place that demonstrates the geology of the retreat of the glaciers. Um, and you know what? The Catskills aren't that far from me. They're about an hour north and west of me. And if you're an, you know, a person who loves the outdoors, um, and if the, if the state continues to let us to leave our homes as long as we protect each other, you can do those things now. And I would hope in the future, if people start to learn about these places who don't come from the area, maybe that'll help kickstart the tourism industries. You can come visit my Hudson Valley, spend some money locally, have a wonderful time with your families, um, and uh, you know, drop a little money if you could. We'd, we'd love to well, have you yeah, and Aaron, we talked about this last night. This is an opportunity for every family to realize that you are now together uh, 
by design and requirement. So take this time and get out there. You don't have to plan something extravagant. In fact, we kind of would recommend you didn't. Take a few hours, take all day. Rich, that was an amazing description of all the places you could go. And I don't even know any of them. So, <laughs> I mean, this, this is a fabulous opportunity to kind of step back in time a little bit and do what we grew up doing with our parents. So, I mean, this, this is an incredible time for us as parents and guardians to uh, get our kids outside and just away from the screaming headlines and the noise and all of this awful news. And let's just get outside and explore together. Well, knowing that the, the Family Travel Association, that the members of the Family Travel Association are those in the travel industry that are struggling right now. This podcast, this video we're putting out right now, this is for those, those family travelers, for those family travel consumers. So what do you, I'm just trying to think of ways that maybe we can find some harmonious ground here after the, the dust starts to settle of how families can start exploring more and maybe pushing themselves to try things that they maybe wouldn't have before, where then the industry can also start showing back up and appealing to those families, bringing people in to, to rally around the travel industry and maybe create some travelers out of people who maybe were previously non-travelers. Any, any thoughts or maybe just brainstorms about how we can really promote travel to the post coronavirus. Well, I think Aaron, that that's a really valid point, and that um, you know, once we realize this is all over and we're ready to start planning our next trip, because I have a feeling that everyone's going to get the travel itch like they've never had it before, right? <laughs> so you I told know, you contact- yesterday, my son was begging to yeah. go to the grocery store. Yeah, he just go to the, the grocery store. He hasn't store. left the house so- in six days. He's like, Dad, can we just go somewhere? <laughs> Yeah, can we just go somewhere? Right. So uh, Tamara Gruber, one of our FTA members, sure. has this awesome, uh, you know, let get your kids busy planning the next adventure they want to do. So a great way to do that is to connect with what we formerly would call travel agents, but now call travel advisors. You know, start using these people because they are a wealth of knowledge for, you know, so my kids decide, did a little research on, you know, Australia and New Zealand. So uh, we don't know anything about that. So how can we plan that? Well, travel advisor, mm, that's the person you want to talk to. So maybe start, you know, branching out. If you didn't think you needed someone to help you plan a trip, now is probably the time to do that. When I was thinking about this today, and I'm going to full transparency, Rich and I were on a phone call earlier today talking about just this, about the case studies that may come out of this this time that we're in right now, case studies of people who had trips on the books, who they had who had booked those trips independently versus people who had trips on the books who had booked through travel advisors. Both of those trips are going to get disrupted if not completely canceled. That's a given. That's the kind of the control that's the the constant in this situation, but the travel advisor versus non-travel advisor, I think those stories are going to start to emerge. And I'm, ho- and I'm relying on the travel advisors to help tell these stories that this oh, yeah. fam- family A did not use the travel advisor. Wah, wah. Travel family B did use the travel advisor. Their, both their trips got canceled, but family B was so much better off in the end. I'd love to see some of those stories start to percolate. And if not right now, those stories are probably ready to go. There's probably thousands of them out there. There are. Um, I'm, you know, I was on the phone this morning with a woman in Kansas. She's a travel advisor and she saved the destination wedding of 37 rooms, Ooh. Um, 48 <laughs> hours before departure. 
Um, and because of her contacts with the resort, with her contacts and her knowledge of the industry, um, she was able to coax these, you know, 60, 70 individuals through the process, get them over their anxiety that they were going to lose all their money because, you know, it was uncertain up until the last minute. Um, and now they're rescheduled, you know, and they understand that this individual worked, you know, 24 seven was available. She looked, she told me her name is Ashley Morris. She said, Rich, I was called at nine o'clock. I'm brushing my teeth by one of the suppliers who was trying to make this happen for this bride at nine o'clock to give me an update. And she said, I literally had to put the toothbrush down. <laughs> and, yeah. and you don't get that when you're on a DIY website. You don't get that when you book direct necessarily. You know, I mean, there are stories of people on the phone waiting on hold for six, seven hours because, because everybody's trip was disrupted. And, and so yeah. when you're, when you don't have someone else doing it for you, then that's your responsibility. You know, that's a great point, Rich. I think we're going to come out of this on the other side, realizing that maybe we do need people and relationships a little more than we thought. Um, it sure is easy to use an app or a website, but really when it comes down to making important changes like this, people are what's going to get it done. Yeah. We Absolutely. need relationships. I love that. I've been, I've yeah. been beating that drum a yeah. lot more lately. And it's just, it's, I think, I think you're right. Or I hope you're right. That Me this too. will cause a fundamental <laughs> shift in the way, not necessarily yeah. in the way people travel, but the way people plan travel. And then maybe eventually the way they do travel because a travel advisor can open up your eyes to, to new destinations after the more they, the more that relationship grows, the more they get to know you and your family, they might be able to suggest a different destination someplace maybe you hadn't thought of that that's what i love about it people that eat sleep and breathe travel the travel advisors who know that next great place or hey this place over here you know it's gotten expensive and crowded but there's this other place over here it's just as good and it's half the price and you'll have the place to yourself travel advisors know that stuff they they, yep. they just they can do it in their sleep and it's i'm glad you guys brought that up Rich, I want to. I've been waiting for a moment to drop this photo up on the screen because you put this graphic together and it's 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 beautiful. And I was waiting for a kind of a dramatic moment that never really came, but I'm going to share it anyway. Okay. What's what do we got here? <laughs> nice. This is our family. This is the FTA family, and I I think I recognize the two children woman and guy with the sunglasses there to the left of the eiffel tower oh yeah i, I don't know why but i i, I see who is that guy <laughs> now, we were supposed uh, to be at the real eiffel tower here in a few weeks and that's not gonna happen not so much <laughs> so what anybody who's watching this should understand is the family travel association is this sort of confession of people like erin who write about travel and have been writing about travel forever um Erin is a very um, recognized writer in her field, and, and she is a um, state treasurer in the state of Alaska. She's known by the tourism industry, um, and they consider her one of their biggest supporters. And you've got people like Erin in the, in the media who, like our travel advisors, have learned a lot about the industry. They understand the ins and outs. They understand the destinations. They travel extensively. Then you have travel advisors. We've got more than a hundred of them who specialize in family travel. And then you have our suppliers, people who are tour operators, or they work for cruise lines. We have 
um, the organization that helps families learn how to dive and then puts you in the right match with a destination for diving um, potty um, and all and, and destinations and all of these individuals are reflected by the faces that you see on this screen is th this is our family and um, and I'm Italian so I get choked up pretty easily. <laughs> My kids say to me, Dad, we, it's like, that's Dad, stop. That's 98% <laughs> Italian. But that's our family. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're sticking together. And we realize there are a lot of jobs at stake. And we realize that we're only going to get through this if we collaborate and we try to help each other out. And like Aaron and Aaron have been saying, well, what can we do to get people through this period, but then also prepare people for when things get back to some semblance of normal? Um, and, and I'm sticking with this family. Yes, Amen, indeed. brother. And Aaron, you're a state treasurer in Alaska. You're going to be a state treasurer in a, <laughs> in isolation for a, few a couple, more days. For a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Yes. We actually, yeah. Thank you, uh, governor of Alaska, but I think that's the way to go. And, uh, we will fly home hopefully Tuesday and stay put in our little neighborhood uh, for 14 days following that. So uh, hopefully we can connect then because I think I might go crazy otherwise. Well, if you're go whether you go crazy or not, I want to I want to be there live either way because it's gonna cool. <laughs> Especially if you're going crazy, <laughs> it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't wish that on you, but if it's gonna no, happen anyway, I'd prefer to yeah. see it than to not. I guess. Yeah. So Aaron, again, I want to sincerely just thank you for taking the time over these last four days to speak with us, to share with us, to, to open up about this. It's been a, it's been, it's been a treasure. It's been a, a treasure and a pleasure. And I know this is not the end. This is only the beginning. We're going to catch up with you once you are back in your home state yeah. of Alaska under quarantine. <laughs> and Rich, I want to thank you, sir, for, uh, for spending literally hours on the phone with me over the past couple of weeks, figuring out what we're going to do about all this mess. And then coming on tonight to share your story of road tripping down the Eastern seaboard there to pick up your son and bring him back home safe. Really appreciate both of you taking so yep. much time and just being so committed to this cause of family travel. Couldn't Absolutely. do it without you. And we are, we're planning more people like Aaron um, talking to all of you um, in the near future, um, we're setting all of those interviews up. We've got some fascinating people who are members of the FTA. Uh, one of our tour operators is married to a doctor. They're, we're trying to line them up to talk about, well, now how do you go about the decision when you do want to go back to travel again? And how do you think about, um, you know, is coronavirus still out there? And how do you make those, those decisions as parents and guardians? So, the wealth of the FTA's brain trust is going to be on display over the next few weeks. If you, anybody who's viewing this, if you're a family and you want us to cover a topic, just post on that Facebook website, post on comments here on this video, tell us what you're looking for and we'll do our best to go out and find somebody um, like Aaron who knows this industry and knows how to travel smartly. Um, and we'll, We'll do our best to bring that um, that content to you. Yes, indeed. So that contact information, once again, it's Erin Kirkland from AK on the Go. Her links are in the show notes, just like they have been for the last three days. They'll be in there a fourth and final time. Link to her website at akonthego.com, as well as links to her social so you, so you can continue following along. And then Richard and I, you know where to find us, Family Travel Association, any of the socials, familytravel.org, or heck, let's just, just email me directly double a r o n at familytravel.org and you got richard at familytravel.org just send us an email let's have that conversation yep become Aaron and a richard, part of the family 
become part of the family. Indeed. All right, guys, let's, let's just say goodbye. Let's go out here before, uh, before I pass out. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't want that, Aaron. Thanks a lot. It was great. Safe to you. journey home, Aaron. I can't wait to hear that you're on the ground oh, and back at the house. Me too. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> okay. Bye. Right, signing off. Thanks, guys. Aaron. You bet. Bye-bye. You know that there's more to life than your work, but do your kids know? Last year, 55% of American parents didn't use all their vacation days. Taking time off to travel lets you show your kids different sides of the world and different sides of yourself like the side that does things like this. Family travel is easier and more affordable than you might think. You brought them into this world, now show it to them. Discover the possibilities at familytravel.org. Hey, it's Aaron Schlein. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Family Travel Radio. All the notes for this episode and for every episode of the podcast are available at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. Family Travel Radio.